0: You're about to listen to a message by Pastor Ikenna Okeke of the Father's Church. Please join Pastor Ikenna Okeke and be blessed. Hallelujah. Amen. Come with me to Genesis chapter 37. We'll read verse 1 to 11 and we'll take our meditation from the Genesis 37, from verse 1 to 11, and we'll read together. Are we ready? Now, Jacob dwelt in the land where his father was a stranger in the land of Canaan. This is the history of Jacob. Joseph, being 17 years old, was feeding the flock with his brothers. And the lad was with the sons of Bilhah and the sons of Zilpha, his father's wives. And Joseph brought a bad report of them to his father. Verse 3. Now Israel loved Joseph more than all his children because he was a son of his old age. Also he made him a tunic of many colors. But when his brothers saw that their father loved him more than all his brothers, they hated him and could not speak peaceably to him. Now Joseph had a dream and he told it to his brothers and they hated him even more. So he said to them, Please hear this dream which I have dreamed. There we were, binding sheaves in the field. Then behold, my sheaf arose, and also stood upright. And indeed your sheep stood all around, and bowed down to my sheaf. And his brother said to him, Shall you indeed reign over us? Or shall you indeed have dominion over us? So they hated him even more for his dreams and for his words. Then he dreamed still another dream and told it to the same brothers and said, Look, I've dreamed another dream. This one is Pepe de Moon." And this time the sun, the moon and the eleven stars bowed down to me. So he told it to his father and his brothers and his father rebuked him and said to him, What is this dream that you have dreamed? Shall your mother and I and your brothers indeed come to bow down to the earth before you? Verse 11. And his brothers envied him, but his father kept the matter in mind. Father, we come to you and we ask that by your spirit you will give us insight into your word. Let us benefit as we meditate on the scriptures, even this morning, let our lives be transformed. Let, O oh Lord, your blessings flow. Let your guidance come. Let your power, O oh Lord, flow in the name of Jesus. The Bible says to us in 1 Corinthians 10, verse 11, a passage we know very well. It says these things happen to them as examples and then he says, these things were written for our admonition. One of the benefits that we have for those of us who have the full scriptures, you know that there are some churches in parts of the world that have pages of scriptures. They don't have the entire Bible. And when they hold on to those pages, they read them and, you know, they have it, you know, offhand and they're wrong with it and they're living powerfully as Christians. However, we are privileged to have the entire Bible with us. And the Bible says, these things which were recorded, or rather these things that happened to these things that had gone before us, they happened to them as examples. And then they were written for our what? Admonition. Okay? So God permitted things to happen so that you and I can learn from them and be better off. Isn't it what the Bible is saying? So when we read this account, we want to see what is there that we are to benefit from. Praise the Lord. We live in a time where we have to be very careful with the church and the, you know, the environment, the spiritual environment. We are in a time where men have been elevated to where there are gods of men, little gods of men. And we look to them, and we look to men, and when they say we are blessed, we take it hook, line, and sinker. And it is true somewhat, because the Bible makes us understand in Second Chronicles 20, verse 20, isn't it? But it says, believe his prophets, so you shall what? Prosper. But before he said, believe his prophets, you know what he said? He said, believe in the Lord your God. So the prophet should, what, confirm what God is saying. Praise the Lord. But we live in a time where the man declares. People journey, people do all kinds of things so that a man will pronounce a blessing on you. And inversely also, when a man also pronounces a curse, people are shaking. I've had ministers of the gospel, pastors, come to me and, you know, almost crying That their general, their senior pastor, curse them. And I laugh. As a, I mean, if I took a check now and drew it on bank, it can okay and wrote to you, will, it, will anybody pay you? The same way, when you pronounce a curse and heaven did not originate it, it will be a curse what? Costless. It will not stand. It's as simple as that. The same way also, if I pronounce a blessing and heaven did not send it, you will go feeling good. And that's why you have a lot of people feeling good but are not blessed. People return every time like junkies. You know, the end of the year is coming, they're going to return. Those that happen beginning of the month, people keep going to these places like junkies and they give them a shot. And they say, Baba has, you know, whatever, I don't want to use the name. They say, Uncle has prayed or, you know, Bishop. What, and they carry and they go. And they have an emotional high. But there is no impact. Because they're not following what they say. They said the things that happened, they are examples. So if you want to know how to be blessed, what should you do? Go and look into the scriptures. Praise the Lord. And then if a man is going to say you're blessed, then he has to show it to you based on the word of God. Say, believe in the Lord that God, so you shall be what? Established. Established. Then the prophets will now bring the prosperity, the success along the way. Praise the Lord, somebody. So we have to be careful. For those of us who were not in church last Sunday and Wednesday, please get the message. Because our Lord Jesus Christ said to us in the New Testament, you shall love the Lord thy God with all thy soul, with all thy heart, with all thy what? Mind, and then with all thy strength. And you know, there's this scripture that we know very well, and we all, most of us will know it, Joshua 1.8, which says to us what? This book of the Lord shall not apart from your mouth, but you should do what? Meditate on it, what? Day and night that you may observe to do. That word meditate is ponder. is ponder, is ruminate, is to digest. So we have a lot of people who hear. In fact, the way the Lord said to me, it says, what digestion is to eating and drinking? That's what meditation is to hearing and reading. How many of us have, okay, I, I know, I don't know if you've had a bowl. Many years ago, we had these dogs, Doberman dogs that we got from the U.S. And we were being, we were trying to save money. So we'll make this soy beans food for the dogs. And then we'll make, put big bowls and give these dogs. They will eat to empty the bowls. Two hours later, you come to the other side. You see the same quantity, the same color, just as you gave them Yes, pastor. And the dogs were getting leaner. The person who bought the dogs for us told us that if, if we were in America, they would have arrested us and locked us up for animal abuse. We're feeding. I mean, we, we'll, we'll use a big pot, and we will cook, 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 cook. And we we'll say we have fed them. But whatever we fed them, we saw them pass out. And they were starving. But they were eating. The same way it is, if you hear... And you don't ponder. If you read and you don't meditate, you're going to be starving. And spiritually, many Christians are starving because they're hearing, this is the new one, this is the latest one, this is the popular one, this is the great one. After all the hearing, if you don't process it, it will not be converted to beneficial nutrients to bless your body. I pray you'll be blessed today as you ponder on every word that is spoken Not because Pastor Soso said it, but because you find anchor in the word. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord, somebody. So this morning, we are looking at a very classical example. You and I know that we live in a time where there is a lot of anger, a lot of, you know, disgust for church and the things of God now. How many of us know that? You know, our brother was sharing at Get Connected, and he made a very valid point, striking point. He said when the Bible says, love of many shall wax cold, that when love waxes cold, it doesn't remain neutral. I mean, it it was so clear. Because, you see, if you love something before, you don't just stop loving it. What is the opposite of love? Simple. So, if you don't love again, what will you do? you hate. And that is why many of the people who are attacking the church and Christianity now— are people who had been involved before. So you hear them saying, I've read all of it. I've known all of it. It's a classical case of backsliding. It doesn't make them much richer. You know when somebody says, I've read, I've been there. I was a pastor. I was a bishop. You now think that making more sense. No, it's just showing to you that their own love has what? Wax code. So once somebody said that, just know that they need prayers. Don't abuse them. Know that what? These ones have lost it. And because they cannot remain neutral, they have to become antagonistic to what they we were in love with. It's as simple as that. So we live in a time where there's a lot of anger and hatred and all of that for the church. So we want to see what should be our response. How does the Bible make this thing to function nationally or politically or economically? We mentioned last Sunday here, I believe, that one of the reasons a lot of people are not openly becoming Christians is because of economic persecution. Okay, you and I know that if you wrote Jam now and your name was Okoronko um, Okorafo from Abia State, you would need maybe 200 um, uh, score to qualify. But if you wrote the same Jam and your name was what? Abbasamba, Abba and you wrote it from Zamfara, for attempting, you will enter. I'm sure you know that. Five score, you enter. One in math, you know, two in a half in this one, is up to five. You have entered. So, because of that, from every angle, there's this, you know, pressure. And people, because, you know, it's there. The Christian is hated in Nigeria from all angles. Now, what do we see in this scripture? Look at this account we read. In four verses, we see a boy, 17-year-old boy, being hated progressively. The first time they said they hated him, in verse 4. And then the next time, the Bible says... They didn't just hate him. The Bible says what? They hated him, verse 6. They hated him more. And then they didn't stop there. In verse 8, you know the Bible is the word of God. So they don't give us information that is not necessary. In verse 8, what did they say? It says they even hated him what? more. So if we were to do it mathematically, the first hate was hate to power 1. The second was hate to power 2. Eh? Hate squared. Then the third one was well, hate cubed now look at the final one verse 11 that i like that one. verse 11 hate was could not could not qualify it again he says so they did what he said they envied him now you know what envy is envy means you're standing in where i want to stand and that's how come the progression if you go home and read the story what happened after that was they say let's just kill him let's just you see you hate someone Or hate something. You don't want it around you. You want it to go. But when it's envy, it has gone from hatred to another level. You see, you can't envy somebody ordinarily. Uh, uh, Holy Spirit, help me. Praise the Lord. You see, envy implies that you're disgusted with this person. Not because the person is bad. But you know what? Because something in the person you wish you had. Are you seeing what I'm saying? So when they envied him the only way they could deal with it was to kill him and see whether out of the 11 remaining ones of them, they will get the love and the dreams. Because if they killed him, then the dream is dead. Praise the Lord. If they killed him, the father doesn't have him to love. So let them kill him first of all and know how to progress. So So that was where they were. And we look at the story. You and I know the end of the story that every of his dreams were came to pass. The only command in this story of his dream was that the mother was not there when the dream came to fulfilment, But the father indeed bowed to him. The brothers indeed bowed to him. That's why I say, believe in the Lord thy God's word, so shall you be established. When God speaks, he will bring it to pass. In the name of Jesus. As surely, if it's God that spoke, rest assured. Just know, okay, that God will do what? Bring it to pass. That is who he is. Now, having this understanding, I want you to see what is our response. If you look at the story, it can become frightening at a stage because you see the progression. You follow there. They wanted to kill him. Let me show you a scripture. They wanted to kill him in verse 18. Let me just jump. I wanted to stop in 11. but Look at verse 18. Verse 18 says, Now when they saw him afar off, even before he came near them, what did they do? They conspire, these are brothers of. So they conspired against him to kill him. Now please, somebody quickly open to Isaiah 8, verse 10. I want you to begin to see, you know, how God operates, the awesomeness of God. Isaiah 8, verse 10. What does it say? It says, take cancer what? Together. It says, but what? It will come to nothing. It says, speak the word, but what will happen? It will not stand. Why? It says, For God. Is with us. So we see what happened here. They say, let them kill him. But did they kill him? They couldn't kill him. That was their intention. But God restrained that intention. The Bible makes us understand that God will never allow to be put on you more than you can bear. He will not allow you to be what? Tempted beyond what you can bear. Anyway, so we find a boy hated here. Just like the church, you know, the Christianity is hated. Many of us are under different circumstances and situations. And the first thing I want us to establish this morning is that the Bible says, 1 John 3 verse 13, it says, do not marvel. What it means is that do not be surprised that the world hates you. You go to work, you know, I I try to tell my daughter, everybody, I say, listen, in this world, you must prepare for position. We've said it here, that your car moves is that the rubber in the tire finds opposition on the on the tar on the ground if that opposition was not there the car will move that's what happens when you get stuck in mud in mud mud does not give your car enough opposition so your car is moving and the mud is smiley say we're in the same thing together and you're just screeching isn't it what is going on do you want that no so he says do not marvel say to somebody do not marvel if the world hates you don't be surprised If the world criticizes you, don't be surprised. Don't say, look at, I did all these things and my boss does not appreciate. Do not be surprised. Do not be surprised. You see, another one, let's look at John 15, 18 and 19. This is our Lord Jesus Christ speaking here. He said, he put it, I like the way he put it there. He said, if the world hates you, he's talking to believers here. You know what he said? He said, if the world hates you, what should you do? He said, you should know that it what? It hated me before it hated you. Simply said, you know what he's saying? You're in good company. You're in good company. If the world hates you, he's saying, Know that he did what? He hated me. Why am I trying to establish this? You see, we have also had doctrines and traditions in the Christian church which are very strange and foreign to scriptures. You know, whenever I see where people say, My enemies, you know, all this and that and that. I wonder which part of the scriptures are they finding it under the New Testament dispensation. Let me ask you a question just in case, you know, we. we. How many people do you know in the Old Testament who did not become rich because they buried something in their village? Because they cursed them. They didn't marry. And they say the problem is what? There's a curse. You're having near success syndrome. Eh? And they say what? So, so, and so. Eh, do you, is there anything like that? They say it's your enemy that is the reason. Is there anything like that? Why would you, you see, but, but you see, these things are prevalent. These so-called prophets that bat people in water, that give people kerosene and all kinds. This is their cubicle. To help you, the mother-in-law, the grandfather, the, you know, All of that. Now, 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 listen to me. I asked the question, did, did you find any saint in the Old Testament? Because they're the ones that were giving the account of. If you're not born again, please, I'm not talking about you. Because there's a kingdom of darkness. But once you're born again, the Bible says you have been what? Translated out of the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of what? His dear son. It's as simple as that. If you light a match in that place, I will not take notice of it. You know why? There is light here. I dwell in light. If you live in light, there is no fire that quickly quickening or that will cause any difference in your life. But if you are in darkness, then those things can happen. So why do they minister ministration of the dead to the living? It's not for those who are born again. That they bury something, that your mother put something when they gave birth to you, they hung something on the idolatry. tree. All those things are for the person who is not in Christ. The Bible says, he that is in Christ is what? A new, the only place they bury something for you, the thing has resurrected. Jesus Christ died for you at, at, in Jerusalem. And three days later, he's risen. The, what is being spoken over you now is blood. He's pleading his blood in the mercy room. And saying to the father, mercy for him, mercy for her, I've died for him. That is all that is going on for the believer. For the believer. That's the only place your name can be mentioned and you appear. You know, they say they called you here. If they dare call you in the kingdom of darkness, their God will beat them very well. Their mirror will scatter. Do you understand? It cannot work because you're a child of light. The Bible says, he that is in you is greater than he that is in the world. There is somebody inside of you now. Praise the Lord. Someone is living in you. God with us. God in you. That's who the believer is. That's how we are configured now. The New Testament believer. So when I hear some of these things, it hurts me. I don't know how many of us here that are affected or distracted by bad grammar. I know my wife is... She can't concentrate again. Any other person here? A lot of us don't mind. Please start minding because our grandma is becoming very bad. You know? Okay, how many of us are affected by bad dressing? You see somebody wearing orange, purple, you know, yellow shoe. Does it take your mind for some time? You're angry for no reason. Why is, why is it hurting my eye? You see that? How many of us are also offended when someone drives dangerously or carelessly on the road? It just annoys you, you know. Now, the same way the Bible says, he that is spiritual judges all things. As you grow in the Lord, is not judging people, he's judging things. You will judge wrong doctrine. It will hurt you. You see, this thing is our family. Anybody that preaches wrong gospel, I feel like fighting them because you're spoiling family business. Do you understand? When we pray, we say, our Father which had in heaven was. Don't say things that will bring down his name. You finish preaching and say, Now is the time to bring seed. No, the seed has been sown many years ago. What we have is worship. When God asked Abraham, he said, What? Take your only son whom you love. Who gave him the son? It's worship. What should you do? He said, Go and worship me. What did Abraham say? I'm going to worship. Do you understand? So it hurts when the scriptures, when the truth of scriptures. Now in this passage, this Joseph we are reading about. I told you here, I don't know if you can remember. I overheard somebody preaching about Joseph. And he said, receive the Joseph anointing to prosper. And a lot of people are taking it to extremes. You know, people, Joseph prosperity anointing. Let us see his prosperity anointing. It starts with hatred to powerful. Anybody wants to claim it claim joseph's anointing claim i mean this is not african magic do you understand this is the living word of god but there is a joseph anointing you understand what i'm saying but this is what we find in scriptures he was hated now the first thing i want you to take here is that at no point in joseph's life did he respond to hatred so for all those believers who are occupied with their enemies this is how much he was hated Not in Potiphar's house, not in prison, not anywhere did Joseph take a decision based on the hatred against him. That's what we learned. That's why they wrote this thing for you and I. So somebody who came to church now and, you know, somebody hates you. Somebody has genuinely offended you. You know what Pastor Kenai said? Don't hate him back. Whatsoever a man sows that word, it doesn't matter who sows first. If they slap you and you slap back, you have slapped. Praise the Lord. You may say he slapped me first, but you slapped him last. And then if you slapped him last, what should happen? You should also receive the next slap. It's turn by turn. But if they slap you and you never slap back, if they insult you and you never insult back, if they revile you and you never revile back, isn't that the example the master set for us? He did not respond to them. Why? Because imagine if Jesus said to them, you know, waka, you, waka, waka. He has to repeat somehow. But because he must not, the Bible says the prince of this world comes what and finds nothing. He said to them, what do you find against me? What evil have I done? The Bible tells us in Acts, it says, what did he do? He said he went about what? Doing good, even to his enemy. Peter took the knife and cut off the ear of the person who came to arrest him. Jesus picked the ear and healed him. That is what believers do. We do good. Why? Because anybody who is hating a believer is hating a believer out of envy. Why did they hate yourself? One, the Bible says the father what loved him. And the Bible says, concerning you say, Behold, what manner of love the father has what bestowed upon us that we should be what? Call the children. Every believer is extremely unquantifiably loved by the father. And you know what? That will draw envy. That would draw envy. If you knew how much the enemy envied you, you go, they do Shakara. Because the love of the Father is upon you. The second reason they hated him in this account is because of his dreams. Now, what was it about his dreams? The Bible says Christ in us is what? The hope of glory. The believer is walking about, whether he's wearing tattered clothing, whether he's homeless today, the believer has a hope. He has assured that this body, this tent, is wearing. Sometime is what going to be put off. The Apostle Paul said, "We grown not to put on, more. we grown to take off." The so that what we can what close mortality with immortality. The believer has a future. That was what the dream was talking about. They were big brothers to him. They were more mature than he. They already possibly had their own portion of flocks and all of that. Joseph didn't have any, but Joseph's future kept intimidating them. So the believer, it doesn't matter where you are now. It doesn't matter what it is you have or you don't have. The believer has a future. The believer has a certain future in God. And it is glory. Christ in you. The hope of glory. Not maybe, it is the assurance of glory. That's where the believer is situated. So these things will cause the world to hate us. And if we went to the New Testament, which we may not have time. Jesus said, because I've spoken my words to you, they're also what? They hate you. Why would they hate me because it's words? Okay, another place Jesus said. He says, these people have loved darkness. Or rather, they hate light. Because their works are evil. Another reason they will hate you is because you're righteous. Your life is convicting them. You know, I told you the other day about somebody who put in on Facebook and was saying, don't mind pastor, don't mind your father, don't mind your uncle, don't mind imam, don't mind anybody. There is nobody that is not, you know, committing sex or committing for what what do they commit again? Whatever they commit, there is nobody that is not committing. And I said in my mind, what's your problem? If you're committing, just commit your own now. Do you understand? If you just commit your own and be going to hell now, why must, you, why must you enlist other people? Do you understand? The righteous is hated by the wicked. You can't help it. I mean, you will remember how you didn't like those who did the assignments and submitted. You know, you have experience. Uh, 30 in a class, the teacher comes. How many people did the assignment? Most of you say we didn't do. She's going to extend the time. And you just see one guy with glasses like this. You feel like beating him because his obedience judges you. So they have to hate us. Praise the Lord. They have to hate us. You're faithful to your husband. You're submitting to your husband. You're taking care of your children. They have to hate you. They have to tell you women empowerment who look at the way you're answering the man. You mean you tell him how much you made? You mean you this? Or the man, they have to. Your friends will hate you. Because your right living judges their iniquity. So when they hate us, we should expect it to be a default position. They can't help it. And that's why we must never respond, just like Joseph showed up. Joseph never responded to their hatred. By revelation, he saw they couldn't help it. Praise the Lord, somebody. But the best part of this Joseph story is that before they started hating him, verse 3 says something to us. Genesis 37, verse 3. It says, now Israel did what? Loved Joseph. And that is where the believer must build a shelter in the love of the Father. Praise the Lord, somebody. That's where we build a shelter. It's not the love of the world. You know, another problem we've had also with the teachings of our time is that people have averaged love. So, if the Father loves me, the world must confirm. So, if somebody wants to share a testimony, a Christian cannot come out and just say, praise the Lord, where they take testimony. And they say, what happened? He say, I'm just enjoying the Father's love. Everybody will be looking at him outside. Did he buy a new car? Look at his, his shoe. Did he, do you understand what I'm saying? Because we have demeaned God's love to match with the love of the world. Whereas the Bible says, no. It says, he that loves the world, what is happening? The love of the father is not in him. The love of the world and the love of the father are not the same. Most times are contrary. In fact, the more the world is loving you, the more out of sync you're stepping with the father. Because they're going in two different directions. That's why, as a person, if the world applauds you, you see where you know the world is applauding preachers, just go and check what they're preaching. They have so trimmed their sword that the edge now is for acting movies. You know, the sword they used to act movies. If they cut you, then they'll splash blood. They'll splash uh, paint. It doesn't cut anybody. But if you're still speaking the word of God, the one that is sharper than the two-edged sword, dividing between soul and spirit, bone and married, the world cannot love you. But when you start, you know, changing it, God understands if you're, you see, if you're homosexual, you were born that way, God will understand. You're actually a bit confused and we have to make provision for you. If you commit adultery, your wife should have lost weight. If you commit, what's the other one they... they, they you know, your husband should have been more sensitive. You know, if you still, well, you know, the world is changing. You need to improve your standard of living. You see, they, they, they make provisions so the world will love them. And then all they hear is, you know, God is for you. God is for you. God is for the whole world. The day God ceases to be from the whole world, that's when, you know, this whole thing will collapse. But up till now, God is for the whole world. That's why the gospel is being preached. Praise the Lord. So God is for us. So we see Joseph, and we see the love of God for him. And the Bible tells us, Song of Solomon, uh, chapter 8, verse 6 and 7. I like what he said. He said, love is as strong as death. So we see the Father's love. And we're going to see, you know, in the short time we have, how this love helped him. Love, He says, set me as a seal upon your heart as a seal upon your hand, for love is as strong as death, and jealousy as cruel as the grave. Its flames are flames of fire, a most vehement flame. Now, it says there, and 1 Corinthians 13 verse 8, it says, love never what? Fails. But we're going to see something here about this love. Love, the Bible, the way the Bible teaches us true love, is beyond the emotion. I don't want to say it's not an emotion. It's beyond emotion which is part of what we're learning these days, is beyond an emotion. You see, love, the way we see, that I see in the scripture, is like a house. Are you with me? It's like a house. Let's read the scripture, John 15, verse 9. John 15, verse 9. Our Lord Jesus speaking says, As the Father loved me, he says what? I also have what? Loved you. What's the next statement there? Abide. Can you give me as many translations as you can get? Can you give me the living Bible or message, any of them? Let's see what it's saying there. NLT says, remain in my love. The message translation. Thank you. It says, I've loved you the way my father has what? Loved me. What does it say? It says, make yourselves what? At home in my love. You see, they live in love. Praise the Lord. Praise God. We live in love. You love me. If I don't live in that love, that love does not help. Now, Joseph was loved by the father. And I believe he was conscious of that. And I believe every child of Jacob knew that there were covenant children. That the God of their father was the God of Abraham, God of Isaac, and God of Jacob. And remember, it was to Abraham that God said, Your descendants are going to be slaves. I'm going to bring them out. And then I'm going to bring them to a large inheritance. You know the whole of the story. So I believe these people, these children, knew all the things their father had told them. So when Joseph was sold into slavery, far from his father's house, he had an option. What option did he have? He could have lived like an Egyptian. He could have lived like a slave. He could have lived anyhow he wanted to live. But there was something that constrained him. And that is what our Lord Jesus Christ is saying here. He says, I have loved you as the Father has what? Loved me. What should you do? He said, live in that. There is a living in that love. Is someone here? There is a living in the love. Let's read the second verse, verse 10 now. Verse 10 says, he said, if you keep my commandments, you will do what? You will remain intimately at home. Where? in my love love is like a house it's beyond an emotion if you keep my commandments we talked about if the other that. if you keep my you will remain intimately at home in my love he said that is what i've done i've kept jesus the son of god equal with god one with god is saying to you and i just as i have kept my fathers can god love me more than he loves jesus God loves me as he loved Jesus, isn't it? So Jesus is showing me here how he responded to the love of the Father. So if I want to enjoy the love of the Father, what should I learn from here? I should also what? Respond. Jesus said, I kept my Father's commandments. Let us sink in. That's what we find in the Bible. How many places do you hear keeping commandments again? Whether it is called legalism or it is called uh, whatever. All kinds of names. But I have you take note that Joseph that we are looking at, in spite of all that we're getting, the, the, the Lord helped me to even have the food. He says, Joseph had enemies from his house. He had enemies. Have you seen where they, have you watched any movie on slavery? You see that they don't deal kindly with them. And this is an Ajebota. I must I just imagine the transformation. Seventeen year old. They say, Come here. His father used to call him Joe Boy. They didn't even call him Joseph. Joe Boy. Do you understand? All of a sudden, I don't know the name they called him, you know, from when they started trading him. You know, maybe they would have given one Pangasta name. But you could see the transition. And from the journey to being sold to the house of Potiphar and all of that. What could be going on in his mind? But there was something Joseph showed to you and I. Joseph remained responsible to the love that the father had shown him before his downfall began. And can I tell you something? Every temptation he faced was a temptation to take him out of that love. And that's why he said to Potiphar's wife, Ma, I I, I can't do this, Ma. I'm sorry. I'm really sorry, Ma. I, I can't do this. I can't do this, Ma. And what did he say? He didn't say, he didn't say Potiphar will catch us. No, he said Potiphar has what? Regarded me in this house. He has kept nothing from me apart from you. Won't. But he says, I cannot, the sin is not Potiphar. The sin is rational. Rational is that he has honored me. What it means is that next year I can marry any other person. But that's not the issue. He said, how can I commit this sin? What, what was he saying? He was simply saying, how can I step out of God's love? That's what he was saying. He said, I can't. I'm living in his love. I can't step out. I will not leave his love. And you see, why is the temptation to leave his love? Because no matter who hates you, you know, believer, we make so many excuses. My enemies did this. We've said that. No matter who hates a believer, as long as the ways of a man are pleasing to the Lord, what happens? Even his enemies are on his payroll it does not matter if you're living right gossip about you can only increase your fame because it will turn around and they'll find out it was gossip and then they'll come and now find out the truth which you out of humility did not tell before joseph was conscious to say no matter what happens what will i do i will remain in the father's love in prison you know the way he manifested it in prison he was in joy His countenance was not downcast. The Bible says, be anxious for what? Nothing. Did he want to get, was he enjoying the prison? No, he was not enjoying the prison. But he said, what does the father say I should do when I'm in this situation? First of all, he says, in every situation, what? So Joseph wakes up in the morning in prison, wrongly in prison, falsely accused. He lifts up his hand and says, father, I bless you. He got up and just worshiped the Lord and then went around to bear fruit that's what he did in prison i mean have you seen movies on prisoners hatred in prison is also taken to another level you know that the people are so mean. there is some spirit in prison that makes people extra wicked to one another joseph would not do that why because he was conscious i am loved do you know one of the common reasons many people live in sin and commit sin? They don't know the extent of love the Father has for them. They don't know how precious they are. They don't value themselves enough. But let's leave that aside and come to the side of enemy because I think that's what we want to deal with today without the time that is almost gone. People of God, the best antidote, safety you have against your enemies, is to live in the house as well. How many of us remember as little children, if you look for trouble anywhere, as you're looking for trouble, you're, you're very smart. You're calculating the closest route to your house. Isn't it? When the trouble matures, what do you do? You turn and find what? Because once you get into your house, you're standing behind your mother or your father. And they're saying all the things you did. Nothing will happen to you from those people. Maybe after your father will turn and teach you one or two lessons. But as long as you get into the house, you're what? You're shielded from that extent. There is something you and I must learn. If the Christian remains in the love of God, living in that love, there is no attack from the enemy that can harm you. Praise the Lord. One of the words I took note of recently is the word "ham." H-A-R-M. You see, "ham" is different from hurt. Ham means there is a permanent injury. Are you getting me? Ham, you know, it leaves you, you know, less than you should be. Nothing the enemy does can harm a believer that is walking in love, that is walking in obedience. It's impossible. Did Joseph go to prison? Yes. And who caused the Potiphar's wife. Did the prison harm Joseph? It helped Joseph. Did Joseph become a slave? Who caused it? His brothers. The becoming a slave hindered Joseph. It helped Joseph. When a child of God is living in obedience, living in that love, put himself in that love. I bet you the enemy will look at your life after some time and regret every attack they brought against you. Let me show you a scripture that I'm sure you're already aware of: Numbers 23. Numbers 23, the children of Israel were joining. And Balak, the king of uh, the Moabites, hired Balaam, is it not, to come and curse him? Come, verse 19. Let me read from verse 18. Verse 18 says, I mean, after he had convinced him, Balaam, the false prophet, took up his oracle and said, Rise up, O Balak, and hear; listen to me, son of Zippo. Now, verse 19 begins, this is someone hired to curse Israel. He said, God is not a man that he should lie. I can imagine his attitude when he was saying this. No, a son of man that he should repent. Has he said it and will he not do it? Or has he spoken and will he not make it good? Look at what he said. He said, behold, this one I was telling Belag, I have received what? A command to bless. And then what was he saying? What we started from, he said, God has blessed and I cannot what? If God blesses you, no devil, no boss, no organization, No full and he has men. No agenda can do what? Can reverse it. It said 21. This is where it gets interesting. Let's read that one. It said, behold, what? He has not observed iniquity in Jacob. Nor has he seen what? Wickedness in Israel. The Lord is God is what? With him. And the shout of a king is among them. You know, if if you take this, it can almost talk about Joseph. Look at it again. He has not observed iniquity in Joseph. Nor has he seen what? Wickedness in Joseph. The Lord is God is what is with him. And the shadow of a king is among him. He goes on. He said, God brings them out of Egypt. He has strength like a warden. 23 says, for there is no what? Sorcery against Jacob. Nor any divination against Israel. This is the path of the righteous. This is the part of the right. What sorcery are you going to? The, someone that is pleasing the Lord. Go and ask him, and what happened to him when he wanted to destroy Esther's people? When Esther was pleasing to King Ahasuerus, he said, "I saw the queen in my presence." That was his end. Doesn't the Bible say you and I are the bride of Christ? And you think if we are pleasing him, he will allow some small boy or somebody there to come up. No, the challenge is every temptation that comes our way is to bring us out of that love in response to the hatred. But wisdom is no matter the hatred, we say I'm not coming out. I'm not responding in kind. I won't hate you. I won't even curse you. I will bless you. I will pray for you. Isn't that what the Bible says? Pray for your enemies. He said, give them cold water. If the weather is cold like this, give them tea. Praise God. Because giving someone cold water in this cold weather is you want a cough for the person. It goes on. It says, and of Israel, what God has done. Look at the people rising, rising like a lioness. Lifts itself up like a lion. It shall not lie down until it devours the prey and drinks the blood of the slave. In essence, what we see in this account is this. If God be for you, who can be against you? If anybody had a reason for frustration, for discouragement, for disillusionment, for failure, it is Joseph. And I believe there's somebody here that came, your office, all kinds of things. Child of God, let it provoke you in a direction. You know, I marvel at when I see some, you know, young men, married men, you know, married, anybody as a Christian. When they live some kind of life, the only conclusion I see is that, they think that the devil loves them. That's what I think. You see, they just think that the devil loves them. Because I don't. I know in those days, you know, when people were rascally, the way people live their lives, you could pick up a girl and, you know, by the time she's going in the morning, in those days, there are no mobile phones. She would have stolen your money and all of that. But you see, the wickedness that is in this time. You leave the wife that God has given you, and you go and stay in a hotel with another. Do you know where their one is coming from? Do you know whether it's Shangosha? Or or, 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 uh, Medusa. Do you know whether she's snake or tiger? I mean, what boldness are you? you I mean, I I don't understand. You know, the one don't give people leave, she might pick it up. Those ones are junior. Those ones are physical harm. The ones that will steal something, Abby. What boldness? Don't you have enemies? Because of your enemies alone, there are some places you shouldn't go. You see, that's what tells you a lot of people don't believe the Bible. If you believe the Bible that you had Joseph look at his enemies. And that's why he walked circumspectly. He didn't stop them from attacking. But he stopped them from harming him. But if you expose yourself as a child of God, you drive into the devil's headquarters and say you want to pick one of his daughters. Because you have a nice car. And you're playing music, your head is bent like this. Are you getting what I'm saying? Or oh, they bring money to you, and you're excited. You're not calculated. We have enemies. They want us down. And listen, they're going to give you anything. The s- Satan said to Jesus, "I will give you what the kingdoms of the world and what all his glory. If you just fall down and worship me." Sometimes we think we are getting smart, whereas no, the enemy is giving us. He's giving us. Leading us, leading us, so that he can trap us completely. You and I must walk. We, we, as a pastor here, as my wife, we've had people who would say to me, "Pastor, this is many years ago. The church wasn't this big. Many years ago, Pastor, you shouldn't be traveling on economy. You should travel business class." I say no. I say no. The economy I used to travel is not even ordinary economy. It's the economy of if you come late, they've sold your seat. I say no. Some of those people are church critics now. Let them come and say what I did now. I have enemies. I'll never deceive myself. No matter the committee you and I belong to, I know that tomorrow you can be my enemy. No matter how close I say, that you see somebody. That I didn't touch her. She said you touched me. I did. What were you thinking when you were even playing small, small? Say is not touching. I'm just there. What were you thinking? Where are you living? They are enemies. There's a devil I'm harming every day. He wants to destroy me. Let nobody deceive you. Except you're already going to hell. Those who are already going to hell don't have Satan as their enemy, they just have him as their boss. But if you're going to heaven, then he's the enemy because you was once his own. He wants to recover you, he wants to overtake and recover all. So how can you live careless? How can you talk? I don't watch some things because I don't want the enemy to put something through my eyes. And then when I want to talk to God, the thing will now come and be causing interference. That's what has helped me. Is somebody listening to me today? I have enemies. Am I perfect? Not at all. But I know they're chasing me. (laughs) Praise the Lord. Oh, yes. They say this. I say, no, don't do this. I, I, praise the Lord. I, I don't want to say to me. Psalm 5 verse 8, because of time, let me round up. Psalm 5 verse 8. I'd like everyone to read that passage themselves. Psalm 5 verse 8. Read it. Lead me, O Lord, what? Why? I'm no longer seated in heaven. You see, some of these things, people say, don't worry about that. You'll be, No, you can never be too circumspect. You know, the word circumspect is a word that is taken from somebody who is working in a shop where china is sold and another man described it this way he said if you've seen a cat walk on those fences that are you know those holding these fences before they had the wire they used to put broken bottles on the fence he said the way you see a cat walk on it you see the when they take one step they suspend the other leg and then they carefully find where the next safe place they put him before they raise the one at the back. He said that is what it means to walk circumcised. So you can't say anything, you can't answer anything, you can't do, you cannot. For this generation of Christians, for those who the rapture is upon. Do you know the rapture is upon us? King, you are talking. There is almost peace. They are, they are settling in Israel. Israel and Dubai direct flight. Israel and Bahrain direct flight. Things are happening quickly. The rapture could happen any moment now. So it's not a time to forget yourself. Somebody wants to get you down. They look at you, you're washed in the blood. Child of God, do you know what it means when the Bible talks about the riches and you know of his grace? Do you know what it means to convert a sinner to a saint? You and I are beneficiaries. Do you know what it means to be translated from a child of hell to a son of the most high God? Do you know the transition? Angels are looking at us. At one moment, we are just some creature, you know, just floating around the world. Then the other moment, we're elevated beyond them. We have access to the Father like they would never have. No angel can open his mouth and call God Father. But we are not only entitled to call him Father, we can call him Daddy. We can call him nicknames. Do you understand? This is a privilege we have. So Joseph said, you're not getting me out of this love. I will remain in it no matter what happens. Let's rise on our faith. So the news is not that I have enemies, they have to. Jesus had enemies. The news is not that someone wants to bring down your ministry, someone wants to bring down your someone wants to bring the, people will want to, they will want to, but if God be for you, tell me who can be against you. I want you to open up your mouth. That is the prayer that you are going to pray, Lord. Lead me in your righteousness. Lead me in your righteousness The same psalmist prayed Lord lead me in your righteousness for your name'sake. sake This time he said because of my enemies Anyone you want to pray it from Any angle you want to take it from Lord Because of those who are going Tomorrow You want to be made president Someone will come out and say ah, Is it that, that boy Is it that man In that office tomorrow They are going to want to raise you Somebody is going to come to say, I know a pastor in that office. And they say, who are you calling pastor? I know one one child of God in that office. I say, who are you talking about? Lord, lead me. Lead me. Help me, Lord. In my dealings with artisans. In my dealings with my neighbors. In my dealings with my family members. There are family members that will swear to you that their brothers or sisters are not born again. Do you know them? Because of their dealing Lead me in your righteousness Because of my enemies Help me So that no one will have ought to say against me Help me Lord Those that I do business with Those that I play with Let them be able to testify that in My play is sanctified Help me Lord Lead me You are my God You are my God Grant me this desire Lord Grant me this desire Because of the love you have for me. Jesus said, live in my love. Make yourself at home. Lord, help me to be at home in your love. Help me to remain in your love. Help me, Lord. Help me, my Lord. Help me, my God. Begin to thank him. Because this is his only desire. He wants you to be comfortable. He wants to love you. He wants to embrace you. He wants to bring you to a future, to an expected end. In the name of Jesus, following that prayer, the next prayer we're going to pray is, Lord, like Joseph said, he said you meant it for evil, but God turned it around for good. You're going to pray. Whether by my choice or by my mistake, whatever things that have been done, or whether they just rose up against me for no reason. Lord, I'm praying because I have access. Turn all of them around. Let them all work together for my good Turn all of them round. The Bible says and we know That all things that work together for good To those who love God And It doesn't matter what my history is Because today I'm purposing to re- live in your love Everything in my past Everything in my past Everything in my past Everything in my, past, everything in my present every, Wherever The Bible says No weapon formed against you shall prosper and every tongue, some translation says, in every courtroom, you will win the case. And every tongue that rises up against in judge, you will condemn. Everywhere it's coming from, Lord, today by your mercy, by your mercy, I'm asking, let it work for my good, because of the love that you have for me. Let that dream, let that future that you have in plan for me, that mind, that cancer, that you have ordained for me before the foundations of time, Let it be established, O Lord. In the name of Jesus Christ. Let's begin to thank God. He's a faithful God. He's a good, good father. His love is stronger. His love is mighty. He's able to do for us much more than we could imagine. Joseph never imagined where he finished. But that's how much his love can do for you and I. Let's bless the name of the Lord. And peradventure, you know, someone you have an enemy, receive grace to love them. Yes, receive grace to be a Joseph. Love them. Don't let, let your occupation never be about your enemies. Let your occupation be just loving the Father, remaining in his love. Father, we give you praise. In Jesus' name we pray. Praise the Lord. Been listening to a message by Pastor Ike Naokeke of the Father's Church. We are sure you've been blessed. We invite you to worship with us at Eden Center, Barnex Guarimpa Expressway, near next Kashinkari, Abuja, for telephone 09-290-900 or 7 3 You can find us online at www that the fatherschurchonline.org god bless you